How's it hanging? Amateur nerds. I think I did that last time. You did. Oh man, I'm 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 out of material already. We're only seven minutes in. But we are the Amateur Nerds. I'm Condra. And I'm Tyler. And we're here to talk to you about High School Musical, one minute at a time. Yes, Wildcat Minute in the house, everywhere. Throw your hands up in the air. If you're like riding a bus or a subway and you're listening to this podcast, I demand that you raise your hands up in the air. Although, based on the time we're recording in, maybe don't be on a bus or on the subway. Unless you're absolutely Unless you need to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're in minute seven, which starts with them going outside and Troy complimenting Gabriella's singing abilities. Yeah. And ends with Troy's haunted face as he realizes he has to talk to his father. Or just remembering the existence of his father. <laughs> you know, either. So this is post-karaoke. Yes. We've moved outside, change of settings, but the party's still going on in the background. And they put on, first of all, all right, so they're in, like, Utah. They filmed in Utah uh, for the most part. And their clothing for stepping outside of a ski lodge in January, as someone who grew up in a cold climate, is completely inappropriate. She's wearing, like, a light shawl, and he's wearing his blazer. Yeah, I mean, it could just be, like, in, like, the mid-30s. Like, it starts snowing later in the minute, but it could just be the kind of thing where it's, like, Okay, whatever. A flurry or a gust of wind. Yeah. But the shawl is... I I would think Gabriella would be cold. Yeah. She seems like she would have a nice poofy coat. But yeah, skipping ahead, we cut to... There's a shot where you cut to the scenery around them. Um, Let's just say there's some mountains in the foreground. And there there is no snow on those mountains. So if they're at a ski lodge, is there skiing going on? Maybe not on those mountains. Maybe there's fake snow on the mountains behind them or whatever. We did see snow on mountains in the very opening shot, so at least some mountains have snow. Okay. I think what we can deduce then is that for the shot of fireworks, um, they just they were just like, I don't know, there's some fireworks behind a mountain, and then they forgot to put snow on them. I also, going into the fireworks, because I think they're funny, they light up their faces. So you have a shot of Troy and Gabriella, and then they turn camera basically to see their POV, and their faces, before you turn, start lighting up. But it's without any other sound effects. There's no noises of fireworks (laughs) going up, so it's just the lights. Well, the light travels faster than the sound, Condra. But, no! Oh, you got owned by logic. No, because... Where, like, how they're showing the fireworks. There would at least be, you, you've been to fireworks shows before. There's at least the launch noise of them whistling, so it's like... It's oddly quiet. Yeah. So, yeah, but before before that, before the fireworks go up, so it's, like, just before New Year's. Yes. Like, it's a New like Year's party. Two minutes before. We're in the... We're well, in the less countdown. than one minute. Well, all right, so when they move out. In in film language, like, 30 seconds of, of a conversation is is often meant to be, like, two or two to five minutes. Yes. But in reality, I think this is funny. They walked outside of the party... With less than a minute to go until the ball drops or it the clock strikes midnight. Because later in the minute, that people start counting down 10, 9, 8. Which means that 20 seconds before they walked out the door, someone said, All right, one minute! And then they were like, okay, we're going to walk out now. Bye. Or they sang the karaoke song with like four minutes until midnight. What I'm thinking, though... I notoriously lose track of time on New Year's and I'll all of a sudden look up and be like, oh crap, it's less than a minute. So I bet they were like, 
totally in the groove of their conversation, whatever. They, like, took the time to put their coats on. She found her shawl, which we hadn't seen before, so maybe it was in her bag that she had carried in. Although we don't see her book. Her book is MIA. Ah, so once you start singing, you give up your love of books. I know. Tragic. That's maybe why I haven't started singing. (laughs) But they... They're engrossed in each other and a conversation between each other as opposed to focusing on New Year's. New Year's is an afterthought now. So this afterthought of New Year's and they're they're more interested in their friendship that they're building. I know like this past New Year's, we almost missed the ball drop because we were playing a game. Yeah. It was like one of those, oh yeah, I guess we're here for a reason, but like, why? Well, yeah, and that's kind of like the ro- the romance of it is like they're... They just sang together and they're so enchanted by each other that they are more interested in their conversation than this New Year's thing. Also, time is irrelevant. What is New Year's? It's nothing. It's the marking of the planet orbiting the sun once more. Yeah. But I like, mean, it's fun to draw arbitrary lines. Like, we have birthdays, too. Do you yeah, not? <laughs> I, time is weird. Yeah, time is weird, but like... I don't know. It's a reasonable enough excuse to have a party. Like if you don't like if you don't want to go, then you don't have to unless your mom forces you. <laughs> Case in point Troy. Um yeah. But look what happened to Troy. Yeah. He found a friend. You, you, it's the start of something new. Um, it is. And they he is very kind in his compliment. He's like, "Oh, you must have sang for Yeah. Like so yeah, they're talking about how like each other are such good singers. So he's like, "What well, you you have to be a singer, right?" <laughs> Because she is one IRL. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But then Gabriella is talking about how she sings in church choir, but she never does it alone because the one time she tried, she almost fainted. Yeah, I get that. Like, solos are scary and choirs are not just, like, I know lots of people in choirs and there's a, there's a sense of togetherness and there's this camaraderie in choirs that is really meaningful for people. Yeah. So I could see how someone could sing in a choir, but not on their own. Well, well, the other thing she says is that she looks out at all the people looking at her and then she gets nervous. She says, I was staring out at all those people and then I was staring at the ceiling. Like, ooh, clever writing. Um, But yeah, so clearly she has some sort of stage fright, which I'm guessing will come back later. Yeah, I also think, all right, so she's she has stage fright. How does she behave in the karaoke performance and her eyes are like glued to the screen or eventually to Troy. Like there's this, she doesn't look at the audience in the same way. Like Troy engages with other people around him. Like he, she wouldn't have ripped off her coat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a difference. Yeah. Because she's sung before, but she's nervous about it. Troy isn't used to singing at all. Yeah. So when she asks him, she's like, but you, you've been singing a lot, too. And he says... My shower head My shower head must be very impressed. Yeah. Which I think is funny, because it it's a remark to, like, people who sing in the shower, which is a lot of people. Yeah. Or... Well, the acoustics are good in the shower. They are. But I think it's not just... He has an ability to perform. I think his... And we'll get to this, like, with the basketball stuff later. On the court, and as a basketball leader, because he's the captain of his team... Whoa. As a junior... We'll find out more about it, but spoil <laughs> that for you. Uh, there's this level of performance that we're going to see with Troy and Gabriella throughout the movie is who are they? 
questioning of identity. We've kind of hinted at this well, already. Well, yeah, Troy knows how to perform, but he's just, he's probably uncomfortable being a singer person because he's supposed to be like a jock. Yeah. And Gabriella knows how to sing. She's just uncomfortable in general. Yeah. And so then the idea is that like, oh, but she, oh, maybe she is comfortable when Troy's around because they're in love or whatever. Um, so it's like, well, if she was with Troy, then they'd be fine. But then Troy's nervous about picking a girl over sports. And then it's a whole thing. Reminder, I haven't seen the movie, so. But I'm pretty sure this is so, it's something like that. A little bit. But this idea of performance, then we can take this mindset and, all right, we just saw him interacting with his dad just before his singing. And he was definitely, like, aggressive and, like, I'm going to take it to the hoop and, like, go left (laughs) and, like, money shot. That kind of stuff. Like, very cliched sport guy. Yeah. He's a sport guy with his dad. But then we see him when he's with Gabriella and he's like, oh, I need to go wish my mom a a happy new year. And my dad, and he gets this, like, weird look on his face. And it's like, oh, he me- maybe he's mentally preparing himself for this next performance with his father. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a performance for his dad that he has to, like, perform being interested in basketball. Because he probably does like basketball. It's probably just an intense experience. I think, I mean, in general, people behave with people, like, different people differently. Yeah. So you have your multiple faces, you wear your multiple hats, depending on which group you're in or yeah. which, which, with which people you are with, uh, with, I, <laughs> with which wrong. Uh, but you have all of these different mindsets and maybe he's enjoying this new mindset that he has not experienced before with Gabriella. Uh, and talking to a girl. Talking to a girl, but not just that, like he's being very open and vulnerable yeah. and he's enjoying it. So then it's like, oh, I got to be strong like masculine, whatever that means, I, like sport guy. I, I think you're going a little too far. I, I don't think I am because I know what happens. Yeah. But I think I might be overanalyzing this moment. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Th- this definitely, I didn't re- like look as it as the last shot of this minute. It was one of those things I like was like, oh, I never saw that face on him before, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, well, it's part of the thing is that, like, Zac Efron is doing slightly more acting than Vanessa Hudgens is doing. Um, she's kind of doing, like, the cute and nervous routine, but he's he's going through... He's, he's cute and nervous, too, but he's also, like, making a self-deprecating joke. Um, he has to do, like, the bumbling, like, um, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to talk to your mom. I'm going to talk to my mom. And my dad. So, like, and the, the, the addition of and my dad is another, like, thing because it was, like, something about, because Gabriella had to talk to her mom. So he was, like, oh, my mom and my dad kind of, like, talking about that. Expositioning. Yeah. Like that. Oh, so we know he has both parents to talk to in general. But also the idea that, like, yeah, he's also nervous about his dad in general. And so, yeah, I mean, back to the, I mean, back to the, there's a gap, right? Because... They're talking about how each other are good singers. And then they kind of trail off when the people start counting down 10, 9, 8, 7. And then there's like, they, they're kind of just staring at each other. They like have a moment. Yeah. They like maybe are thinking in their heads, oh, it's tradition for people to kiss at New Year's. Yeah. Am I supposed to do this right now? And we, they look nervous. Yeah. And that's that's a thing. I don't I didn't I didn't know until later in life that it was like you're supposed to kiss someone at New Year's. I don't um, know. So I'm, I'm wondering how this translates for an eight-year-old who's watching this and like, ah, yes, 
It's a new year. Better kiss her. Yeah, (laughs) or they definitely look nervous. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a moment when you're like, ah, yes, this is a film language moment. They're next to each other. They're not saying anything. They're just kind of looking at each other. They're about to kiss. But as an eight to 10 year old, that isn't necessarily read. Well, I, I think it's supposed to be read here. It's just not, it's not as streamlined as it could be, though. Like, usually there's like a, a, like swell, a, of music. a swell of music and like they, their faces would get theoretically closer, but they didn't even get that close here. I think it gets to, they are unsure of each other. They're unsure of themselves in this moment. Yeah. And they're taking it. I mean, they maybe were continuing the, con- they didn't want a silence because they didn't know how to fill it. They were like, yeah. oh, it's this stranger. I don't know. I'm going to just, like, keep talking at him and, like, just keep going. And maybe that's why Troy, Troy got rambly. Oh, After yeah. the silence. Yeah. Because he didn't want to have another silence. He's like, I didn't like that silence. Like, let's keep well, going. Well, yeah, it's the classic thing of, like, oh, y- y- you bumbled and mumbled your way through a sentence. You must be in love with her or something. Like, the classic example is from, like, a goofy movie or whatever. Just any time there's, like, a male character who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, says something dumb. Like Troy says, but like, oh, not your mom, but my mom. You're like, like no, no one was confused, Troy. Like, yeah, but I think also there's, it's not just a romantic thing. I think it's them. Like, there's some internal stuff too. Like, they're starting this transformation process. They're they're wrapping themselves in their cocoon before turning to goo. Sure. <laughs> I love that fact that caterpillars completely. Um, so when they form into their chrysalis. Yeah. They become gelatinous, but they retain their memory of their past life as a caterpillar before they recreate themselves as butterflies. I think it's just a really cool that they live for a while as just gelatinous form. Okay, so yeah, they like break down into like a liquid, essentially. <laughs> yeah. And then metamorphosize into a butterfly. Yes. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yes. I don't think Troy and Gabriella turn into goo in this movie, although I would be very interested if they did. No, I don't think they fully turn into goo, but there is some transformative process. Unless unless you want to go for the analogy that, like, turning into goo is, like, hitting some sort of rock bottom or, like, like low point before you can ascend. Which, I don't know how far into that this a movie like this would lean. My guess is that Troy would have some sort of, like, fight with his father or something. Or be like, I'm never going to play basketball again. And that would be, like, his low point. I don't know what Gabriella's low point would be. You don't know enough about her yet. Um, We're about to get super... Ex- this next, like, two weeks is going to be, like, exposition overload. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I understand Gabriella, like, okay now. Like, she like she has the stage fright thing that's on top of it. Like, I mean, I don't really know what she's interested in, but, you know, she was in church choir, so she goes to church. <laughs> she likes to read. I mean, it's broad strokes here, people. <laughs> We'll get into her. She she becomes a more realized character very soon. And it's the same thing as in Last Minute, that, like, uh, this could end, like, this scene could end and they could cut right to them at high school or what, I don't, I don't know. We still have a little more of this scene. I'll give you that. There's a little bit more. And I think the only thing we didn't say outright is that um, Gabriella comes up with the excuse that she needs to go say Happy New Year to her mom as, like, uh, Got to get out of this situation now. Like a little too awkward for me. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. And then Troy adds on to it. He doesn't like say like, no, stay for a bit. He's like, no, I better go too. So they're like both in that same awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's a very transition. We're in a transitional scene right now. Yeah. Well, it's good that they like had a conversation and didn't just like leave. Like clearly they get along yeah. decently. Yeah. But it is, there is this awkwardness that, 
the fluidity of them coming together in song does not translate to them outside of song. Yeah. So they're still, they're puzzle pieces that don't quite fit together. Yet. Yeah, that's good. I like the point about they mesh better in, in their music. Because I like the idea that like, oh, they talk to each other about singing for like 30 seconds and then they don't have any other personality traits that line up or like interests or anything that like they don't know anything else about each other. And they will have to learn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of going back to Greece, we're going to go back to Greece a lot. Finding that connection with a, you find a connection with a person and then it's a matter of finding other connections like yeah. Sandy had to transform herself to connect like both Danny and Sandy tried to transform themselves and Sandy was the one that ultimately like fully transformed herself. And we don't see that here. In this uh, film? I, I will point out that it is it is an oft overlooked aspect of Greece that Danny also pretty completely transforms himself. He gets a he he letters in track. Like it's more it's more visually stunning because we're like, oh, pretty Olivia Newton John now puts on a leather jacket and eyeliner. Ooh, she really changed herself. But like no. Danny Zuko also did. But I think the extreme <laughs> of going from kind of a I, I don't know. I think the as society understands it i think society looks more harshly on the transformation of olivia of sandy's character because like going from a very demure sweet character as opposed to going from rebel to jock yeah which danny did yeah but it's i i agree it's just that like yeah the the hot take is always like uh sandy shouldn't have sold herself out like that i'm like no it's like she did it on purpose and danny also did yeah and for him, like, that, that is still a pretty significant thing because for him as, like, a punk rebellious type, for him to really change follow, his image like that... Follow the rules and, yeah. Is, ...also takes a lot of work. And I don't know how much High School Musical is going to bear that kind of thing to it. Like, yes, Sandy and Danny, like, try to, like, meet, meet each other halfway, but it's not really going to be like that for Troy and Gabriella. It's more like they have a common interest that's going to unite them from their what would have been two diff- two totally separate spheres, and now they're gonna. There is meet. a meeting of halfway because it's it, meeting in the middle, but not meeting halfway. It's like meeting at a point, like point A to point B. There's a point C, that's that's like on a different end of the triangle. Yeah, not in the middle. Yeah, that that's a yeah, that's a good analogy. And I think to Greece has is a bit more of a simplistic plot in that way that it's only two people. There's a lot more people involved in this plot that yeah. we're going to have to take into consideration. When you said Greece, like originally I thought, like you said, we're going to have to go back to Greece. And I was like, back to Greece, the country. I'm so confused. <laughs> and then I remembered that a large part of this podcast is us talking about Greece, the movie. <laughs> I'm going to have to rewatch it again. It's been a couple of years since I've watched it. I feel like I need to rewatch it. Yeah, it's good. It is good. No, I really like Greece and I not until... Like, I started doing some digging into High School Musical and thinking about it as a Romeo and Juliet analogy. Like, people say it's, like, a modernization of Romeo and Juliet. I don't necessarily not, agree with not that. Not to the extent of, like, a West Side Story or a... Yeah. No, it's a it's just Lion got King those, 2. It's it, got those themes. Yeah, it's got broad themes. But that not are, the story arc. Yeah. But thinking about, okay, then what is its most comparable classic tale, basically? And I think Greece might be that. Uh, <laughs> The immortal tale of Danny Zuko and Sandy. Sandra D. Sandra D. I think Greece does have some pop culture phenomena to it. Yeah, but in the kind of um, I don't. Did I ever tell you about the play Mr. Burns? No. 
where it's like the plot is that like some sort of a apocalyptic event has happened. They've lost all electricity and like the main characters put on, uh, they recreate episodes of the Simpsons as like their acting troupe. The idea that like after we lose television and movies, like certain pieces of culture are like worth being recreated in this sort of like instinctive as if like these are the stories that have to be told for all time way. And like, obviously it's a joke that like the Simpsons there, like there definitely are episodes that like are probably worth telling and like all time great jokes. I'm not, but now I'm just thinking of Greece as one of those. And I'm like, do we need Greece? That might be something interesting. I'm like now going to think about this the rest of the day. Like what are some cultural phenomena? I think uh, Shakespeare in general did that when he was writing or whoever was writing, but under the name Shakespeare, because he was picking classical tales that he modernized, uh, Othello being one of them. I mean, all of them, yeah. Well, yeah, but Merchant of Venice was... But, but like, even, like... I mean, like then you have Antigone... The histories and the, yeah. like, Hamlet and stuff like that. Like, those are still based on stories. They're just not... They're based on stories from a different location. Yeah, no, and that's what I'm getting at. It's, all right, let's pick these core stories and make them relevant to today. Yeah. And, so, and now so, Shakespeare's work are considered... And now we have High School Musical. And Shakespeare's... Well, well, like, Shakespeare is considered to be one of those quintessential, like, ex- like example of human ingenuity and, like, peak literature. Yeah. And probably in, like, thinking, okay, Simpsons, probably not a preservation. People would probably argue for a Shakespeare because it tells of universal experience, quote, unquote, 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 unquote. I hate that concept of universal experience. Yeah. Well, the idea that like every, there's like an idea that like every emotion that a human could feel is somewhere in a Shakespeare play. Is that borne out? Who knows? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that kind of, that was good. All right. Let's, let's end the episode. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not, as we said earlier, it's a transitional episode. We're, we're getting there. We are getting somewhere towards the end of the movie. One minute at a time. One minute at a time. <laughs> Alrighty. So. Find us on the social media. Twitter, at Amateur Nerds. At Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Email us at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow at JoeWinslowMusic.com. And I've been Condra. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. We're the Amateur Nerds. And until next time... That's not what I say. Um, hey, you wanna you wanna hear us talk about more High School Musical next time? Well, if you're not sure, then I'd say you can bet on it. That's still not good. That's not great. <laughs>